Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a better time to find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app and place a $10 Moneyline wager on any NBA playoff game. If either team hits a three-pointer in the game, you'll win $200 in free bets. Just use code CAPITAL200 when you make your first bet. Sign up now and discover BetMGM's daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code CAPITAL200 to win $200 in free bets if either team hits a three in any NBA playoff game. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Is it acceptable to go to Mickey D's just for a drink? <laughs> of course it is. But good luck leaving with just a drink. It's more than a drink. It's a Mickey D's drink. And right now, a small Minute Maid slushy is just $1.59. So all you have to do is choose a flavor, like the tropical mango or strawberry watermelon, and enjoy like it's meant to be enjoyed. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. I was born ready. Cue the music. Hi, Chew Monks. for a wrestling show. Did you know that C2C radio show can also broadcast on a Monday? That's right. Your ears are not deceiving you. Your eyes are not fooling you. Corner to Corner is live and on the air on a Monday because, well, because we can. I think that's well, right. I, yeah, but I hope they're not watching us. <laughs> That'd be weird. I'm in my underwear. That would just be awkward. That's... Fantastic, buddy. You're welcome, buddy. I'm here to uh, enjoy entertain the masses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, everybody? I hope you had a great weekend. Uh, I don't know that the WWE Clash really gave you a whole lot to celebrate, but uh, we'll talk about it anyway. Why not? I mean, it's got nothing else to do. It's just Monday. It's myself, Stan Grumma, tag team partner. Joining me right now, Brian Taylor. <laughs> Mm, what's up? Sorry about that. What's up? 
That's not a problem. Hey, hey, these allergies are killing everybody, especially with the fall and it's still summer weather outside. Somebody needs to clue Mother Nature in. Uh, you can't mess with Mother Nature. Nope, she's a mad, mad scientist. That's very true. Yep. So, the name of the game tonight is uh, kind of a Raw watch-along. It's on in the background here, so anything that kind of pops up throughout Raw, we'll make sure we cover. But realistically speaking, we're just here to kind of shoot the breeze and cover all the events that were from last night, and we'll talk about the news that's going on. We might even have an interesting debate that came from an All Elite Wrestling fan site that doesn't talk about an all elite wrestling performer. Yeah, there's a lot of questions I have about this one. We'll get into it. Um, but first and f- first and foremost, we did find out tonight as Raw began in the opening segment, we were confirmed to have the main event for Hell in the Cell. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, is going to be taking on Seth Rollins for the WWE Universal Championship. Um, this matchup, good lord, how in the world did the Viking Raiders move so quick? They are insane. We got confirmation that it's going to be Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins, Hell in the Cell for the Universal title. Brian, this is definitely a good step in the right direction for Bray Wyatt, but do you have any faith whatsoever that Bray Wyatt comes ahead with the belt? Uh, actually, I think they're going to they're going to get it right this time. Um, and I just, some of the things that are being said as far as Rowan's getting a, um, you know, getting a partner, I think Bray's been alluded to as getting a partner. I think you're going to get, um, the family back together, the band back together, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. At Hell in a Cell, to include Braun Strowman, um, I think they're going to go that route, um, just because of what's on the horizon with SmackDown. I think uh, some Fox executives hopefully are doing the right thing here, being like, uh, "No, we want this, and we want this, and we want this, and by God, we're going to get it." So. Yeah, there's a, a huge attention right now on the deal with Fox and what their focus is. They have many of the reps have been quoted as saying they want to be sports focused. They want their show. They want SmackDown to be athleticism, pro wrestling. Period. Right. So USA, of course, has always been comfortable, and I think will continue to be until the end of time, comfortable with Raw being the drama show. You know the comedies segments, skits, whatever you want to call it. Uh, You know, the sports entertainment, the entertainment part of the sport. Um, Which, in its own right, I guess can be done, if it's done correctly. But with what they're focusing on right now, it definitely appears that they're... And we were talking about this last night. It appears that they're really leveling out the playing field for each show to have what they may consider to be balanced rosters. Uh, Yeah, but... I mean, something tells me, though, that Fox is going to win out in this. And I think they'll be balanced to a point. But I can clearly see SmackDown being quite top-heavy. Yeah. Um, And based off of uh, the fact that 
supposedly there's no more um, uh, what do you call it um, where one jumps from one brand to the other on a weekly basis um, you know what I'm talking about this superstar mm-hmm. uh, there ain't going to be no more of that um, so take that into account and the fact that you look at the Smackdown promo on Fox. I think you're going to get uh, Becky Lynch when that'll give you uh, uh, Seth Rollins over there. And I imagine you're going to get some big name players like Bray Wyatt also. Yeah, I, I can tell that they're trying to mix it as best they can. I mean, we know that on the 11th and the 14th, that Friday and that Monday, there's going to be a new draft, and they're going to be working to balance the rosters out as best they can. Whoa. I don't know if you just caught that uh, that Styles clash, but holy crap. Um, I, I would tell you this. When it comes down to when they're working on this draft, they've got to be looking at it from the perspective of what's going to serve each well, I mean, I don't know. There's another way to put it. What's going to serve each master, right? I mean, you got Fox mm-hmm. that wants it one way. You got USA that they kind of they kind of let Vince do what Vince wants to do, as long as he brings in people. It's kind of their thought process. But of course, you know, if it was on FX, they'd say, "Well, yeah, go ahead, BTV PG or BTV 14 or hell, just be R-rated. We don't care." You know, it's all about who you're going to serve. And I think with, just like you said, they're going to bring in a lot more athletic performers, but also, like with a guy like Braun, you get the box office draw, kind of that special attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I just, I think that's the way it's going to shake out. You're going to get the evil Bray over there, and he'll get his minions, and that's going to give you... Seth and Roman, somebody to go against. Yeah. And, I mean, there's there's a lot of good that can come out of that. I think The Fiend right now, if you're WWE, if you're Vince, Triple H, obviously, but if you're Vince, you got to look at it and start recognizing that, hey, The Fiend is going to make you a lot of money. And if you do this right, he can make you money hand over fist continually, almost to the extent of... Roman and the rest of the top merchandise sellers. It's already been proven with that uh, special edition box that they sold out of in like, what, four hours or something crazy like that? What was this? So there was a uh, Firefly Funhouse special edition box, a collector box that was put on sale during SummerSlam. Mm -hmm. And about halfway through, and about halfway through, the box was sold out. It was a $100 box of different paraphernalia. So it was like the puppets, a t-shirt, um, a fiend mask, and there were some other ones. So what happened was that box was just limited edition, and it was only 500 of them made. And mm-hmm. it was all sold out before the middle of, of SummerSlam. So wow. Before, before his entrance really aired, before he even came on television for his first official mm-hmm. matchup. So I mean that should be a, that's a pretty good litmus test of whether or not your person can sell your your character can sell. Yeah, but um, God, I you know how long's it been since they they somebody sells merchandise and they still don't do anything with them. 
That's true. That's true. I mean, I think that there's a lot of examples of that. I mean, look what they did to Punk. Punk was a top merchandise seller for years before he ever got the pipe bomb. And he was outselling Cena. This is something we've read. Uh, we also know that Roman, when he was at his height of popularity, was outselling Cena, and they didn't do right by him. Look at Daniel Bryan, another good example. Sold a ton of merchandise. Yeah, they finally gave him his shot, but he was selling a ton of merchandise way before that. So merch sales, you're right, doesn't necessarily equate to being at the top of the card. Yeah, that practice is gone the way of the dodo. That's a shame, too, because, you know, when you really look at the... When you really look at, at what what it really equates to is the almighty dollar, right? It's the big... You know, it's the factor that really spells success for not just wrestling, but business in general, and yet... I, and it's not it's not limited to Vince, although I think he's more magnified because he's what we see the most of. Um, but businessmen in general just can't seem to get out of their own way. Uh, well, I mean, we've spoken about him <laughs> screwing things up for some time, so... True, true. And I don't mean to, you know, beat a dead horse, but so much. I think it's more just identifying, okay, so this is what we've seen. This is what we know, so... Um, you know, another good example of, and this is something that's getting ready to come up. Now, last night, forgive me if I'm wrong there, Brian, but wasn't the King of the Ring final supposed to air last night during the clash? Uh, yeah, but I read today that I guess there was an injury or something where they couldn't do it last night. Alrighty then. So I'm sure they just, you know, overbooked the card and... <laughs> You know, the the one thing that could get bumped would be the match that you've been hyping for, you know, the last month. Yeah, yeah let's let's kick the king of the ring out because if they were truly injured, they wouldn't be having it tonight either. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it was bumped. Oh well, there was an injury, I guess, supposedly, from what I saw. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see, I, I would like to see them, you know, be a little bit more attentive to that because of the fact that, you know, during SmackDown and Raw last week, they had it on graphics that it was going to air during the pay per view, but then on SmackDown towards the end, they had it set up that it was actually going to show up on Raw, so they were confused. I don't know if they just changed their mind at the beginning of the week and they just started to change the graphic. But I remember reading on Twitter how how there were some fans that were confused about it. I know myself, uh, I was I was confused. Stop. Mm, I, yeah, I wasn't so much confused. I just simply, literally forgot about it until today. Like literally forgot that it was even supposed to be on there. Now, is that a good thing or a bad thing that you forgot about it? Uh, I would say that's a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> So let me get this right. You're saying, sir, that forgetting about, oh, I don't know, a wrestling show or a match, wrestling match that's been pushed for, let's see, how long has this been going on? One, two, three, five weeks? Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. That's bad. And not only that, but so let's let's put it in perspective, right? So when did Sasha turn bad? Uh, Sasha came back the night after... SummerSlam. All right, when did she jump Becky? 
remember? Was it that night, or did it go a week so or two she, before she did it? She attacked Becky that same night because Becky ran out for reasons I'll never understand. It, that that actually will get we'll get to that because that's kind of a good sidebar. Um, okay, so well, hold on. So that view was set up roughly about the time the King of the Ring started. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Right. Charlotte and Bailey came well after that. Seth and uh, Braun came well after that. Seth, Braun, Rude, and Ziggler came well after that. Yeah. Um, AJ and Cedric came after that. Uh, I'm just trying to do do it by memory here. Um, uh, the tag, the women's tag team was well after that. But you see what I'm going? Yeah. Quite possibly the longest program you had going into this pay-per-view. Right? Supposed to mean something, right? God, they keep telling you how many Hall of Famers won the King of the Ring. And they tell you how, what this did for Steve Austin. Right? Yeah. Because at King of the Ring, that's where it all started for Austin. But that's that's the match that we're going to just say, eh, okay, we'll do it on Raw. <laughs> that ma- it makes no sense. Literally makes no sense. Yeah, the I don't know where they get the idea that, hey, if we do this a certain way, this is going to generate the response we want. Like, for example... And we 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 beat this horse dead enough. I don't know if we we need to, but let's look at Baron Corbin instead. Instead of instead of going the obvious direction, because I think everybody talks about Roman now, it's kind of passe. Um, but when you look at Baron Corbin, we were talking about it last night during the show. When you look at Baron Corbin in NXT, what was his biggest benefit? Um, he was all by himself and not talking. Yes, strong, silent type. His matches were quick, and he didn't he didn't have to talk. Like, he did smack talk on the outside of the ring, but he never held a mic. He never had to. So, you got him in short bursts. Your crowd was counting along. If you go back and look at NXT from when Baron Corbin was, like, we're talking five-second victories. Like, it was kind of silly at first, but then it kind of gave you this impression, kind of like it did with Braun and with Ryback, even if you want to go back further in history, of this guy's credible. Like, this guy's a badass. He can beat anybody. And it doesn't matter how how good they are or where they came from. He was just beating them. So you got that guy. You got that character. And all three of us talked about him having just crazy amounts of potential as possibly being the next Undertaker-esque kind of character. And that was one of the ones that... Excuse me, I got the hiccups all of a sudden. That was one of the characters that Rob actually identified as somebody he considered that could really take that next step. But what happened? They thought, they being whoever the upper echelon in the office is, and again, I think, just think it's passe to start calling names, so they thought that, no, 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 if we change, if we change this guy, he'll make us more money because he'll make people boo him more. He'll create more heat, more anger from fans. And realistically, I mean, what was the first mistake they made? Uh, getting rid of the lone wolf. Right. So they shaved his head. That, yes, yep. he was he was balding. I get that, and 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 nobody feels that pain more more than I do. But 
he was balding, so they shaved his head. And then the next thing they did was they made him an authority figure. And then, well, well take away, let's go before that. They gave him the money in the bank and he failed. They turned him into a big goof. Clearly not smart enough, even though he was smart enough to be successful for almost two years in NXT. But now suddenly he gets to the main roster and he's just not smart enough to get the job done. Okay, fine. So then, then after that, you make it so he can't win a major match. He can win on, like, Raw and SmackDown, but he doesn't win anything major. Then, then you fail him even more and make him an authority figure, and then you give him a microphone. Like, why would you want to do that? Okay, NXT, to me, is the place where you say, let's try this idea. Let's change this and make you... Let's see if we can make you more marketable in this regard. But, like, when you get to the main stage, when when you get to the main two rosters, and keep in mind, this is from a perspective of before NXT hits USA, you know, Baron Corbin doesn't survive in this role. And and look, I mean, he's in the finals of the King of the Ring, and we, we all seemingly forgot about him last night. Yeah, and <laughs> fantastic. And again, though, I think a lot of that just has to do with they think they're smarter than the average wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. And they really think they're smarter than the lifelong wrestling fans who, you know, basically come to the shows and all this stuff. And Baron Corbin is another one that's simply, in my opinion, as of now, failed. Even if you give him King of the Ring, it's not. it doesn't mean nothing. Right. So, so what, he's going to run around with a crown and scepter and, oh, look at me, I'm King Corbin. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> you got to do more than that, you know. Um, but it's just they literally think they're smarter. Yeah. And that's, that's the problem. And, and, you know, the whole issue with being quote-unquote, trying to be the smartest guy in the room, all it really does is just prove how stupid you are. Right. I mean, I mean you start working over the top and, and going overboard. And I get it, you know, your your characters have always been touted as larger than life. I, I understand that. But sooner or later, you have to recognize that larger than life doesn't just mean one direction. There's multiple ways that can be expanded upon. And Baron Corbin's character as the lone wolf, the guy that didn't associate with anyone. He wasn't a good guy. He wasn't a bad guy. He didn't have to be either one. All he did was go out there and fight. And it worked. Hell, they did the same thing for Kevin Owens when he was in NXT. He called himself a prize fighter, which was great. And then he got to the main roster, and that was part of the reason he was so successful in his feud with Cena, because he treated it like it was a fight. Like, he had had a big match, big fight feel. Plus, you have to credit that to Cena for helping him in in his debut on the main stage. Well, yeah, but, I mean, that's Cena. Right. So, we're not talking, you know, some smaller program. That's Cena. And right. big money, big show Cena, big money Cena, whatever you want to call him. Big match John. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, he's got a way of coming through. I've always, I've always admired the guys that can get in there and work with anybody. 
like, you know, back in the day, you remember when we would talk about the wrestlers that it didn't matter who they were in the ring with, they could make anybody look good? Like, Flair was synonymous for it, Steamboat, Angle, uh, Michaels, Bret Hart. You know, you had those guys that could make anybody look good. You know, I mean, today I just, outside of maybe Dolph Ziggler, and we were talking about him a little earlier about how he bumps all over the place, I don't know that there's a guy right now, maybe AJ Styles, that could work with literally anybody and make them look good. Mm, AJ can do it. Yeah. I think, I don't, I don't know how many are on the roster anymore. I think Orton could have done it back in the, back in the day, but uh, I don't know if he can pull it off now. Bray, I think, could do it. Yeah, Bray Wyatt's proven that he can work with just about anybody, and that includes like a guy like Braun Strowman, who he's just like a whole different animal all by himself. Just agile and, and fast, and he can wrestle, he can brawl. I mean, at 300 pounds, it seems unheard of for a guy to dive off the top rope, but he, he pulled it off last night. Hmm. <laughs> The dolphin? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of those belly flops you see where the big guy at at the swimming pool (laughs) dives off, and all you can think is, that's going to (laughs) hurt. Yeah, it kind of looked like Seth took took all all 300 pounds of that right across the chest. Yeah, yeah, well... And the the coolest part of that, in watching, in watching what a guy like Braun can do, the coolest part is seeing that he can do it with anybody. You know, he's he's another guy that you know, for all the complaining that so many people do about a guy like Roman Reigns, his fights, his brawls with Braun Strowman were over like crazy. Like people went nuts for it because Braun is just a, a psychotic kind of monster. You just you can't. You can't really equate for how popular and how over his character is, and yet, just like last night, they continue to screw him up. Like, how do you mess up a guy like Braun Strowman? That's basically your next coming, your second coming of Hulk Hogan. Uh, don't get me started. We've already explained it multiple times, or I have. You're killing me. Put the Kool Aid down. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Put it down. Okay. Right. Put the Kool-Aid down. So, and right now, of course, if uh, you're joining us at home, definitely want to thank you for tuning in to C2CRadioShow.com and Corner to Corner tonight with our uh, thoughts on all sorts of stuff that's happened this week, including Clash of Champions, including uh, if there's anything else breaking on Raw, we'll, we'll mention that. But hey, Brian, I don't know if you caught the news, but Impact... Anthem Entertainment officially purchases and partners with Access TV or Access TV. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. AXS TV. <laughs> um, uh, I think they call it Access. Access. Okay. So Access yeah. TV now in a partnership with with Anthem Entertainment and thus Impact. Finally, finally, Impact has an actual home. Big big move for them. I'm excited for them, but. I gotta say, I'm reading an article from, you know who Killer Cross is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so Killer Cross was in some deep, deep trouble for refusing to blade or cut himself for a matchup that he was booked for at 
uh, Slammiversary. So he refused to do it, said it was unsafe and he wouldn't do it. And after that, he hasn't been booked. So apparently there is a lawsuit in the works. Now granted, this is from uh, Sports Kita and also Bleacher Report. And uh, Killer Cross was not really able to comment but so much. Obviously because it's litigation and it's, it's pending. But apparently he's going to be suing them for breach of contract. Hopefully Impact can get out of these legal woes so perhaps they can make some forward motion and maybe start getting something more positive going on backstage. Well, I mean... <laughs> a guy should get punished for not wanting to bleed. Yeah. Right. He simply shouldn't. Uh, not in today's wrestling world. Um, I mean, but I guess, however, on the other side of it, if you're under a contract and you know that could happen, you know, you see yeah. where, you see where, I mean, it's, know. it's part of the, I hate to say it like this cause I hate to treat people like pieces of meat, but it's part of the job. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's a scary part. Trust me. There's a reason that I don't do it, because <laughs> I drop in the middle of the ring, and it, it, which just wouldn't be entertaining. At least not for me. I might be. <laughs> but I mean, the, the truth of the matter is, and and you know, Nigel McGuinness ran into this kind of a problem when he was trying to make the transition from Impact to WWE, um, and because of blading, his health was in question. And there was some concerns as to what what would happen next. Now, of course, we know that Nigel McGuinness is completely healthy now, and thank God for that. But if anyone has ever watched the the last of Nigel McGuinness, which is his documentary, it tells this story of a guy that has a, a scare with hepatitis C, and because of that scare, it drastically and dramatically changes his life—not just his career, but his life—and he has to retire. So when he retires, it really makes you think, man, is it worth it to have to go out there and, you know, intentionally cut yourself in an effort to make a match better? And while I don't really want to get into that, because that's a, that, I think that's more of a philosophical debate, everybody's going to have their own take on it. I do think that if, if you're in under contract, just like you mentioned, Brian, that there's going to be some expectations there. And, yeah, some of them may not seem fair, but if you signed your name on it, I'm sorry, man. I mean, that's... I, I got nothing but respect for Killer Cross, and I, I'm sure he'll come out on the other side of this, most likely the victor, but I gotta say, you signed your name, dude, and and that's a tough deal. Yeah, I get it. Maybe you're not comfortable, but you agreed, and they agreed to pay you for it. Now, unless they're not paying you, then in that case, I guess I could kind of understand why he may not do it. Well, I mean, the other thing, too, is um, they should make sure that the welfare of their athletes is never in question. Yeah. You know, there should be some regular testing going on, uh, you know, that type of stuff. Um, if they're going to ask people to do it... Um, they need to make sure that uh, it's safe for said person to do it to begin with. Yeah. And they, you don't have to worry about any, 
diseases. And and that's really the thing. I mean, we work and we we live in a world now where you have you have certain precautions that you can take, and blood tests that can be done, and checkups that can be done. They have doctors backstage. They have, you know, in WWE's case, they've got an entire like medical facility at the performance center to evaluate and make sure that you're good to go. So before it even becomes a question, you can eliminate that concern. Um, and I think that does put the 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 accountability or the responsibility of a of a responsible promotion to make sure those steps are taken whenever possible. You know, and that doesn't necessarily mean paying for all of the medical costs. I think if you have the position to do that, it's great that you can, but I think it would also be unrealistic to expect, you know, Bob's Championship Wrestling out of Utah to pay for your medical expenses when you already know the deal that you're paying dues and number one, he probably doesn't have the budget for it. You know, there's a huge difference. But I think that there's something to be said for checkups, making yeah, sure people are as safe as possible. But we're not we're not talking Bob's Wrestling Alliance. Very true. And uh I mean, we're talking a major company. Mm-hmm. And again, if the major company is gonna ask you to do something, um then they it's to me it's on them to make sure it's done safely. Right, right. Yeah, I, I agree with that because there's a lot of, well, there's just a lot of people right now that, that are reckless as it is and not taking precautions on their own. We've seen multiple, we've seen multiple examples of uh, guys that weren't, I wouldn't necessarily say that they were careless with another one's well-being, but took risks that they didn't have to take. I mean, remember the uh, baseball bat incident with Sammy Callahan. Hurry into Mattress Firm. For a limited time, save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a $499 value. Or get up to 60% off America's top-rated brands like Sealy Queen mattresses starting at $279.99 or Sleepies at $169.99. In stock for fast delivery. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. I don't think he was trying to kill Eddie Edwards, but at the same time, do I think it was a risk he didn't have to take? Absolutely. And Eddie Edwards could have been you know, seriously debilitated, much less retired out of that whole deal. True. It's just, it's a question more of, <laughs> and go figure in wrestling, we could talk about this. It's a question of ethics, I think. Um, and that's where I think that, that Killer Cross might have a leg to stand on because historically what we know about Impact, even just from the public eye, is that they haven't always made the right decision to take care of their talent. And it doesn't necessarily mean they can't change, but for right now, man, it's going to be a challenge. You know, it takes a long time to clean up or to turn to turn a cruise ship. You know what I mean? It doesn't just turn on a dime like a car would. Yeah, but I mean, again, though, I think out of all their problems they've had, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they're not out of business, right? They just signed a new TV deal, right? Yeah. And I think that, again, this is part of 
the the perception that the WWE feeds you is, you know, because they're not the WWE, people don't think they're successful. And, I mean, they're not going nowhere. They're still around. Mm-hmm. And it's looking bright for them. So I think uh, whatever formula they use, whatever dysfunctional formula they use, it just works for them. Yeah, Much. I mean, we've given them a hard time, but gosh, 2003 was when they started, and here we are 16 years later. And we predicted, <laughs> we've predicted death for Impact multiple times. We've called time of death for Impact Wrestling multiple mm. times, and somehow they miraculously kick out, and they do it in pretty grandiose fashion. And this is no different. This deal with Access TV or Access TV is is huge. It's a big deal. This is a company that has Mark Cuban involved. This is a company that's got, you know, the star power of a guy like Steve Harvey, who's, you know, one of the most famous comedians in the world, much less entertainers. You've got a lot of serious money in this network. And you've also got a wrestling background in this network. They've got New Japan Wrestling there. And there's already rumors of a big partnership between Impact and New Japan, which to me would be huge. Um, not to mention the, mo- the the most recent debut of uh, World uh, World of Women Superheroes. Jeez, Women just of Wrestling wow. Superheroes. <laughs> yeah, thank just you. Just say wow. wow. You've got Wow Superheroes that just debuted with a stellar first episode of season two. Tessa Blanchard being their their champion. I mean, you've got three great promotions in place right now. God, now you you got Wrestling Friday. You got wrestling on Monday. You got wrestling on Wednesday. Um, how much further do we have to go till there's wrestling every day of the week? Well, I don't. I don't think it's too far off. Because if you think of a a Sunday night, a pay per view will be on a Sunday night, and mm-hmm. you know that some weekends you probably will have it every night. And I'm sure it is every night if you can find it on the dial. If you look hard enough, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Well, plus, I mean, all elites got their pay-per-views on Saturdays, typically. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but, I mean, NXT had them on Saturday, too, so mm-hmm. um, that's not really going to change it too much. But I'll lay money if you look hard enough, you can find something almost every night. Well, and then, of course, there, anytime there's streaming content, you know, through powerbomb.tv or independentwrestling.tv or nothing else on.tv or, I mean, now you've got content so many different places. I can remember during the Attitude Era, we would talk about, man, wouldn't it be cool if there was a channel that had 24 hours a day, nothing but wrestling. And now we actually live in a time and an age where 24 hours a day, we've got wrestling. <laughs> It's pretty awesome. When it's good wrestling, yep. anyway. Yeah, when it's good. All right. So shall we touch on a little clash? Yeah, let's get to the WWE Knock clash. it out. Talk about some results. 
Yep, and uh, WWE continues to botch it with this stupid King of the Ring. God, guys, drive me nuts. Where the heck did right. <laughs> yep, because this is going to get him so over. Yeah, I don't under... I mean, Chad Gable... Watch. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, Chad Gable has been through so much in his career, like, just with WWE, and here you've got a <laughs> chance, an opportunity to really put him up further a notch, and, and you've already made him a star. You've already made people believe in him. And now you finally get a chance to see him really shine, and instead you go the direction of Baron Corbin, the guy that we just spent, you know, an exorbitant amount of time, probably more time than we've ever really spent, for corner to corner talking about how Baron Corbin is just a, a not good. And it's not to say he can't wrestle, it's not to say he can't perform, but he's just not being positioned at at a point for success, in my opinion, and I think, Brian, you agree, and uh, yeah, but, just but I mean, again, there are some people that you can't, even if you put them in the right spot, that doesn't mean they're going to be successful. Yeah. Um, and I think he's just one of those guys. You got to rework the whole package, as far as me. I mean, because if he were, if you, if you ever put him at the top, there's no way I'm paying money to go see a world title match with him in it. Are you kidding me? Well, that's part of the reason that uh, that those two pay-per-views did so poorly just recently this year with him and Seth Rollins. Like, I mean, everybody likes Seth, but nobody really wanted to see Baron Corbin. That's the reason that the, the feud with Seth and Becky versus Lacey and Baron failed. It was it, it just... It's not the right type of presentation, and we won't leave that horse alone. Let's leave it in the dirt. So let's talk Clash of Champions. Last night, Clash of Champions emanated from uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, the home of the Four Horsemen, Ric Flair country. And we started off the night with a triple threat for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Brian, hey, I believe we both picked correctly. Drew Gulak successfully retained the Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember picks. Late edition. Well, I, some of them. I don't remember that one. Well, I that one I remembered, but I don't remember all of them myself. So I'm just going off what I remember. I'm not going to guess, <laughs> but so much. Uh, the U.S. Championship matchup. I did actually watch this uh, in, in the rebroadcast of it. AJ Styles and Cedric Alexander. Cedric continues to be a huge, huge star, and uh, it's on WWE if they fail him at this point because. He has just so much potential. Great matchup between the two. AJ Styles retains the United States Championship after um, after hitting the Styles Clash in the middle of the ring. I will say this. I'm glad to see the Styles Clash start to get some play as a finish. Yeah, I mean, that's... the His finisher through most of his career. Yeah. So that's what brought him here. Not that flying elbow. <laughs> the phenomenal forearm. Vintage AJ Styles. That's my Michael Cole impression for the night. Next up, we had Raw Tag Team Championship on the line as Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler challenged Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman for the titles. Um, 
I believe, Brian, that we were both in the same realm as far as the tag team championship changing hands, and that it definitely did as Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode won the titles from the odd couple known as Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. But, hey, don't worry. We don't have any other tag teams. We just got <laughs> Seth and Braun and Dolph and, Dolph, Dolph and Robert Roode. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, you know, again, that's just stupid stuff they do from time to time. Well, let's pair the champion with his opponent six months down the road, and it'll be great television. This just in from the Corner to Corner chat. Ah, oh, Dan, you're killing me, dude. Really? All hail King Corbin. Some of our some of our fans, <laughs> for quarter to quarter, I, I think they just like who they like. It's okay. We'll give you that moment. I'm, I'm beginning to think you got a crush on Corbin the way you keep jumping to him. Corbin, Corbin, Corbin. <laughs> it's like Hercules. Um, I will say this, though. I, I do like the pairing of Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode. I think they're a good tag team. I think they could have potential. I want to see what they do long-term, if they do anything long-term with them. That, that is if Dolph can walk after getting obliterated by Braun. That didn't hurt. <laughs> I mean, anytime you basically bend yourself in half the wrong way, that that's not a good sign. You're not supposed to go that way, sir. Braun Strowman doesn't, and I have quite or not Braun, but Bray Wyatt has does it, and I have questions as to how he manages that. Charlotte Flair and Bailey was next. Bailey successfully retains the title after throwing Charlotte face first into an exposed turnbuckle and getting the win uh, seemingly out of nowhere. And then she grabs the title and sprints backstage. Doesn't just retreat and celebrate. No, she grabs it and sprints to the back. I mean, I, I don't understand... We 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 talked about it last week. You know the whole heel turn for Bailey. You really couldn't afford to let Charlotte win this one, unless it was by like maybe DQ. Yeah. Um, I mean, this one is just continuing this whole evil Bailey thing that makes no sense to me. Yeah, and then and then she. So she she tweets out there last night, you know, that Becky cheated, and we'll talk about the match between Becky and Sasha here in a minute. So she's following with her, I'm loyal to Sasha, and all of that. But then she also tweets out, hey, thanks for the great match, Charlotte. Who's left? To, who's next to step up? So in the same tweet, or in the same Twitter account, we've got a, a basically a bad guy tweet and a good guy tweet. Like... It just didn't make sense. I'm like, okay, so we're just going to continue down this odd rabbit hole of nothing makes sense here. But sure, why not? Uh, in breaking news, hey, Brian, I don't know if you were excited or not, but uh, they're going to find out the gender of uh, Maria and Mike Kanellis' baby. Oh, that's cool. I know you're excited. Maybe. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a, a childbirth. Why not? Wow. Well, all right. You're recognizing the uh, magnitude of a, a child coming into this world. All right. Well, wait, we're sensitive here. I mean, Lord. you ain't got to be such a hateful little shit all the time. Damn. Okay. <laughs> I'm not hateful. Hateful. 
Uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships were on the line. Actually, I didn't realize that they were on the line when this matchup was announced, but the Revival taking on the New Day for the championship. This tag match was actually very, very good. Um, you know, Big E and Xavier did a great job. Xavier Woods selling the leg injury, which uh, kept the storyline continuity going, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, wait. Oh, what are you doing? So, okay. <laughs> WWE continues to try to throw the swerve out there. I I just, yeah. So, Maria Canellis just explained that uh, the gender of the baby that was just revealed is truly her child, but the father of the child is Ricochet. Okay, so... <laughs> Moving on back to the tag match. Yeah, because if you don't get... If you don't stay on target, uh, we'll be talking about it next week. Yeah, good point. <laughs> so, moving forward with the tag match again. Uh, great matchup between Big E, Xavier Woods, and The Revival. Um, storybook tag team wrestling from The Revival, as always, cutting the ring off, making sure that they work a body part... I mean, this, this matchup did tell the story very, very well. And it really made the revival a lot more credible in the bad guy role as they continued to punish Xavier Woods. And instead of pinning him after hitting the Shatter Machine, which they could have gotten a 100 count, they made him tap out to an inverted figure four. And we got new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Yeah, what was to me was interesting is they kind of look like... Uh in the NXT version of the revival. Yeah. So, you know, again, um, I think this is the Fox influence coming into play. Or somebody finally told Vince, hey, you're missing the boat. Well, I mean, for whatever reason, we can be grateful that uh, we finally get to see the Revival do what the Revival does best, and that's tag team wrestling. Um, I mean, there are some things that they did super well that really made this match even better. You know, they eliminated Big E. They kept working on the injured guy. They kept it working on Xavier Woods. So the story of the leg injury carried from beginning to end, and you really didn't have any reason to doubt that if they continued to work that body part, which really goes back to something you don't really see a lot of in wrestling right now. And that's just the psychology of, okay, this guy's injured. If we work this part enough, we inflict enough pain, he'll give up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, it was good to see some old school wrestling finally. Because that's, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. So we go from old school to, I guess, to new school? <laughs> uh, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville fire and ice def- uh, excuse me challenging for the women's tag team championship challenging Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross um, this matchup seemed as if it was just a little off off center they were it wasn't horrible by any stretch of the imagination it had some moments where it was actually quite good but it, they, they just didn't seem like they were all on the same page and I think that kind of hurt this matchup uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss do successfully retain the titles, but 
a question becomes now of, of chemistry with these four ladies. Uh, what do you mean by chemistry? Uh, it just seemed like they weren't really communicating very well. And then, of course, uh, you know, Sonya, I think, got dropped a couple times where it kind of put her loopy and may have, may have set the pace of the match back even further. Well, I would imagine that probably had more to do with it than anything. The two uh, uh, backdrops or whatever looked like she uh, landed kind of wrong. Yeah, the, and then after that, she didn't look like she was really in in it all the way. Yeah, the the first backdrop she took was definitely kind of nasty. The second one, it just seemed like it 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 kind of forced the issue. I'm I'm hoping she's okay, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she's in the concussion protocol right now. Yeah, it's hard to say. So next up, we got the Intercontinental Championship matchup. Shinsuke Nakamura defends against the Miz. Um, I think Sami Zayn was a highlight for this matchup as he continued to berate the crowd and talk a little trash <laughs> while while The Miz was getting beat up. Um, there was a point where The Miz hit the skull-crushing finale, and it really it seemed like Brian's prediction was going to come true that somehow The Miz was going to come out with the title, but uh, they ended up having a, a big schmoz where uh, Sami Zayn gets involved, and now Nakamura hits the Kinshasa and knocking out the Miz to retain the title. <sighs> Alas, it was not the Miz's night. Guess the A-lister just didn't get his moment. No, not in Charlotte. <laughs> so uh, we go from the Intercontinental title from SmackDown to the Raw Women's Championship. Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch. All the build-up. All the hype, all the you know opportunity you had here with this matchup, realistically could have been a big, big moment for Sasha Banks. And instead, it made you not only have questions as to what their goal is with Sasha, but also it made you question why they would want to make Becky Lynch hesitate when she's done nothing but be proactive in moments where she has a chance with a chair or to take take the advantage and win. I mean, that's been what's made Becky Lynch the man. That's been what's made her gimmick or her character even more believable was that she was just doing it to be on top. And in this case, they had a great brawl. It was a good matchup as far as some of the different pieces. But I think this matchup left us with more questions than answers as Sasha Banks wins by disqualification as the, the referee takes a chair shot from Becky Lynch. Granted, she didn't do it on purpose, but... There were a lot of questions here. Um, I don't have questions. Uh, I just think it was um, <laughs> some stupid booking. <laughs> All right, I was trying you know, to be gentle. <laughs> like, almost like they woke up this morning and when all the names were up on the chalkboard, they forgot who was the good guy and who was supposed to be the bad guy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I mean, I thought it was good, a good match. Thought it was solid. Um, I wasn't, I, you know, again, I said it last night, I was half expecting them to even forget what kind of match it was. And that after they brawled up this, up into the concession area, 
mm-hmm. that when they got back down, the ref was going to let them continue. I so, mean, it just made no sense. There is a story coming out of this matchup, which is interesting. Apparently, in in the time that Becky and Sasha were brawling on the outside of the ring, apparently a fan reached over the rail and uh, smacked Sasha Banks on the butt. Oh, no, there's pictures. So, Sasha, and I don't know if this is Sasha the character or Sasha Banks just speaking out as a performer, but basically she stated the day that she's going to sue the fan. I don't blame her. I mean, that's a sexual assault. Yeah. I mean, that's a felony. And uh, personally, they should, you know, there should be an investigation into it. And if they find them, they should go to jail. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's absolutely that. It's against the law. And, and hey, one of the big, big rules of, of this type of event, of professional wrestling, is don't touch the talent. <laughs> you keep your hands off them. If you're in the stands, stay in the stands and be a fan and enjoy the show, but don't touch them. I mean, we can remember times where, and I'm, I know, I know, Brian, you remember where the Macho Man beat the hell out of a fan that tried to jump the rail in WCW quite a few times. I mean... Uh, yeah, but so... Uh, yeah, but this is a little bit different in the fact that they were in the stands and I don't know if Becky caught it. You know what I'm saying? Where something like that, you can see it coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, you know, may have happened so fast. I'm not sure. Cause I don't remember seeing it on T when it, you know, while we were watching it. Mm-hmm. So it must've been one of the, um, you know, must have happened so fast you just missed it, but uh, which would have meant that the guys in the back missed it, and it may not have even been known until sometime later in the evening. And by then, that fan could have shagged and you know ran away. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are pictures of his face, and the Charlie PD should plaster it and find out who he is and take him to court. And I, I'll lay money that if this guy gets charged with a felony and thrown in jail, and it, it probably won't happen, but so many more times. Now, I did. I did notice in one of the pictures I saw. I saw was Becky not looking at Sasha, but looking towards the crowd, and this look on her face, like she was just kind of surprised about what was happening. So you're probably right. And that was a picture I only saw this afternoon. Um, it definitely happened way faster than we could see uh, on television. But in the photos, you can definitely see her just with this incredulous look on her face like, wow, I can't believe this is happening right in front of me. And I think the fact that it happened so quickly, just like you mentioned, they're going to have to actually take they're going to actually have to take some steps to make sure that things are set up properly. Yeah, well, I mean, one is not to Go into the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, there's good. Especially when it's not called for, it's not needed, it's not a balls count anywhere. It's technically the match is over, and, you know, I'm sure this isn't the first time um, where, you know, 
somebody's stuck there, done something like that, or put their nose in, into a storyline where they shouldn't have put it. And um, not saying it's the talent's fault, but again, management should really look and be like, uh, yeah, we don't need to do that no more. Yeah. Especially when it's not called for. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, and it's almost a shame, but there's a lot of examples now of of fans just really behaving in just some awful ways towards wrestlers and, and performers in general. And, and it surprises me that it's gone on this long without actually <clears throat> seeing some major repercussions, someone going to jail, serving time for a felony, all of those pieces. Because, I mean, it's not like you can't see these guys. I mean, there's so many people with cameras nowadays that that guy, just like you pointed out, he, he's probably going to get get some jail time for it because there's no way to get around it. Yeah, uh, I shouldn't be too hard to track him down. So let's keep going with Clash with WWE's Clash here. We've got the WWE Championship as Randy Orton challenges Kofi Kingston. Uh, Randy Orton came out and actually got a fairly decent reaction from the crowd, but uh, that seemed all for naught as the match continued. And actually, now it seems as if Kofi Kingston comes out, and now he's the the popular one, and everybody's in, in favor and cheering. The match was back and forth. I really didn't have a vested interest in this. I, I'm just I, I'm not a big Randy Orton supporter. I don't think he's horrible, but he's definitely not my favorite. Um, matchup ended fairly fairly decently, where Orton goes for the punt, and. Uh, Kofi ends up avoiding it, kind of ducks out of the way, and hits the trouble in paradise and gets the win. Yeah, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Although it wasn't, I don't think it was a bad, terrible match. Uh, Randy's definitely not on my favor, or not one of my favorites to watch, but I don't think it's coming off of Kofi anytime soon. I think he's going to go into WrestleMania as a champ. I'd like to see that happen. I'd be curious as to see who actually challenges him then. Yeah, I'm not sure who you'd have to challenge, but I think he's going to get he's going to get a big fight, and there ain't no better place to do it than WrestleMania. Would you Would you go the direction of having Daniel Bryan take him on in a rematch? Uh, I mean, it. I don't know who I'd want, but I think he's going to get it. Uh, you know, again, you're talking, you got to get through the draft first before you can uh, even try and figure out who you'd want to take him on. Because you could say Daniel Bryan, and then next thing you know, Daniel Bryan's on Raw. Yeah, or or NXT, as apparently the rumor is. All three brands are supposedly involved in this draft, so who knows? That'd be kind of cool. Daniel Bryan versus Adam Cole. Daniel Bryan versus Johnny Gargano. Yeah, I'm, I'm in for this. I am in for that, as long as that's the only one. Like, as long as we don't get crazy with it. Let's not huh. let, let's not send... Well, maybe our truth could be good in NXT. I don't know. That's actually an well, interesting thought. I think Owens is going NXT. Yeah, the, this past uh, fr- Tuesday night where Kevin Owens gets fired because of not ruling in the favor of Shane McMahon, and then Shane doesn't show up at, at uh, King of the 
God, at Clash, and Kevin Owens doesn't show up at the Clash. So it becomes a question of, you know, where are they going to go next? You're probably right. Kevin Owens to NXT would make good sense, actually. Yep. All right, back to the Clash. Back to the Clash. You are so scatterbrained. You're I'm try- just jumping all over the place. I'm trying to stay on the tracks, but I keep getting derailed. Uh, then we go to the matchup for <laughs> the matchup that apparently nobody wanted to see because there was literally no crowd reaction until the end of this one. A notice qualification matchup between Roman Reigns and the newly, uh, what's the phrase, newly emancipated Eric Rowan, <laughs> the newly freed. I don't know if I want to choose that wording. Uh, anyway, Eric Rowan on his own in a singles matchup with Roman Reigns in a no-DQ match. The matchup itself was just kind of, yeah. There were some, there were some, you know, moments in it that kind of were cool. But the ending was what definitely stood out. And we all kind of agreed that we felt a little bad for, uh, a little bad for Eric Rowan. As Luke Harper makes his return, Harper and Rowan end up putting putting uh, Roman Reigns into the table, into the post, all over the place, but basically putting him down, and Rowan comes out victorious. Um, Brian, you are the one that predicted the victor on this one. Tell me uh, your thoughts on, on what happened with this matchup. Um, my thoughts? Um, I just picked what made sense. Um, that's all I did. Uh, I think there's a plan in place and it's going to affect, uh, Eric and now it'll affect Luke Harper. And, um, I think you're going to see Bray get his family back. And I think that's just the start of it. I'm okay with, uh, Bray Wyatt having the, the Wyatt family back together. I think it sets up pretty nicely. Um, I think that Eric Rowan is probably best in the tag team with Luke Harper. I just, I, I would say that he has potential to, to be on his own, but they've, they, the one chance they gave him, they threw Luke Harper out there to save him before really it needed to be done. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like they could have done something here. Um, I don't, I don't know what else you could have done. So the, I think. Er- Sometimes simple is better. True, true. And and the early rumor that I'm seeing now is that apparently it could be Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus Harper and Rowan. Yay. <laughs> I, I mean, tell me that doesn't just have swerve written all over it. Well, now, they, see, that that could be cool. If Daniel Bryan is, is you know, the, the mastermind... It was me, Austin. <laughs> it was me all along. I, I actually would kind of dig that. That would be cool because it it makes everybody swerve twice. Uh-uh. I, I, you don't think so? No. No, it's just a that's just a one swerve. Daniel Bryan coming out. Oh, um, I don't like liars and yada yada yada. He's still a bad guy, and now he's going to get a match with a good guy as a tag team partner. He's not going to turn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't think there's... You, you'd have to be kind of foolish to not see that one coming. Even if it were to survive one or two pay-per-views. You know? 
I would. You'd have to be foolish. So we go from, again, I think the match that really nobody cared about. I mean, you could have heard a pin drop in the crowd during Rowan and Roman's match, um, all the way up until the end. That was uh, to the main event for the Universal Championship. Now we know already because of the beginning of Raw that. Seth Rollins successfully retains. But, Brian, can you think of a time where it took four finishers to end a matchup outside of John Cena versus The Rock? Because that one, I think, took 25. Uh, it happens all the time. Especially, I mean, the what what's a finisher nowadays? That's a good point. I mean, there's plenty of matches nowadays where three, four finishers get hit and they still manage to kick out. Um, I mean, especially if, like, Brock Lesnar's in there or now Braun or, you know, any number of people. I feel like, you know, this is yet another chance that they had to really do something with Braun. And, you know, he just continues to get slid down. You know, they they look past him, they go beyond him, and he gets used. A guy that size, a guy with that ability, I mean, it's sooner or later, it's got to be his time. Well, they're not worried about him. They focus on, uh, you know, the Roman Reigns of the world mm-hmm. um, when they should be focusing on other people. I mean, that's not anything I haven't brought up before. True. Um you know, look at Bray Wyatt. I mean, even when he was Bray Wyatt with the butterfly, uh, fireflies. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, we let that one go. So, I mean, literally, they thought he was, you know, he had to be repackaged. And yet the repackage is... Um, turning out to probably bite him in the butt because they're probably like, well, pal, this is your last shot. If you don't pull this one off, well, we're going to have to do something else with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And now look at him. Braun's no different. They, they keep wasting time on people that nobody wants to see. Yeah. Baron Corbin, Roman Reigns, any number of people. just there's there's so much that gets you know thrown by the wayside you get these opportunities you get these chances to see you know just just the just the flash of a, of a brilliant moment just a, the speck of it and it makes you think wow they could finally be and then it's like nope never mind <laughs> they're not it's it's very frustrating as a fan i mean you get to see these moments where it seems like something's finally coming together and, and then it's like, wow, do, how do you go so far off the mark? Well, no, so remember, they probably have told these people, and they say it in documentaries and everything else, that, well, it's up to them. Right. You know? Okay, we may we may say, Gray, uh, you're going to be the demon, but now after that, it's up to him to, to pull it off. Well, when they pull it off, they still get punished. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some of them not just pull it off, but actually, you know, you you look at them and 
you think, oh, I don't understand why they're not being pushed. Well, they're not being pushed because people like Vince have forgotten, you know, what this is all about. And it's putting butts in seats. And I'd pay for Bray and I'd pay for Braun, but I personally wouldn't pay for Roman or um, Baron. And it's not that I think their characters are so cool that they're bad, bad guys. Mm-hmm. No, they suck. They, you know, we should waste our time on Bray and Braun, and you'd probably have a different program right now. Yeah, it's, it's, what's the word? Uh, disconcerting when you see some of these guys that you know um, have just limitless ability, and then they are put in a position where regardless, kind of like you pointed out, regardless of what they do or how they do it, or even how over it gets them, they seemingly pay a price that's, well, it's either unfair or it's just unwarranted. So then you look in and you start seeing all of these moves that are happening around, and and you know that around the corner right now, October 2nd, All Elite Wrestling is on its way, and it's headed to primetime television. We got confirmation of... The first singles matchup for MJF as he's going to be taking on Brandon Cutler. Now, I don't want to come off as ignorant here, but I only know but so much about Brandon Cutler. If you're watching Being the Elite, I know that you've probably seen this guy. He's He's been touted as a independent superstar where basically they found him on the indies. They value his you know, his talent and want to give him an opportunity to provide for his family and for, you know, for his fellow brothers of the ring kind of thing. I mean, they've treated him like he's this huge underdog story. MJF, there's no better person to put down an underdog than perhaps one of the best heels in the business today, and that would be MJF. Yeah, I mean, I don't know but so much about him. The only knowledge I have is the match on the second. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. If you if you check out the Being the Elite episode on YouTube, you can see where, where Cutler is basically sitting backstage talking to his wife on the telephone, and all of a sudden there's... I don't know if you've seen these segments, Brian, but it's like the two grouchy guys at, in the Muppets, the ones that make fun of all the shows and everything. Well, they're, they're, you're talking about the like the fingers? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're like putting them down, they're making fun of them, and all of a sudden MJ Huff walks in, and he's looking at him. he's like, hey, I happen to agree with these guys, you're an asshole. He just starts going off on them. Just some random, it just seems so random, but it's, it's pretty funny actually for MJF. Yeah, I mean, he's not a, he's not without charisma. He is a salt-of-the-earth guy. (laughs) Salt-of-the-earth. So, hey, at this point, you know, we've talked about the Clash. We've talked about uh, what's happening on Raw so far. Nothing really huge on on either. Um, Well, other than Rusev coming back. You missed it, didn't you? Rusev's the daddy. Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Can't you see on that baby's pappy? Oh, such twists and turns. Does that does that mean that now Lana and Mike are going to have to form a tag team? And oh my God, I need revenge. 
Wait, I think I've seen that before. Wait a minute. Not another love triangle or four-way or... They do love their multi-person matches, don't they? Yeah, and the bad part is most marriages in the business tend not to last after <laughs> things like this take place. I, Not that I would wish ill upon anyone's marriage, but I'm actually surprised that Lana and Rusev have lasted as long as they have. They've put that poor couple through, like, everything. They made Lana make out with Dolph on TV. <laughs> I mean, as, as a even as a, the most secure guy in the world, that would have to make you a little uncomfortable. Well, I mean, how many of them actually last? Uh, I don't know, dude. Like, I don't even... I can't think of one that's been around longer than maybe 10 years at the longest. Well, no, I'm talking... Yeah, but I'm talking once... They get involved in a storyline like this. It's almost like the kiss of death. Oh, I mean, Randy and Liz, they were done. Um, uh, 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 damn it. <laughs> you, you know, you can think of them all until you finally have to think of them. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Well, Randy and Liz is the one that stands out to me. But they're, you're right, there are a ton of them, wrestling marriages, that just end up going to the wayside. Or wrestling relationships. I mean, Buddy Murphy and Alexa Bliss were an item. They were never put into a storyline together, but seemingly having to go their separate ways because of just the way the business works. As far as... How about, how about Cass and Carmella? Yeah, but I, I'm talking storyline. I'm not talking like every... <laughs> I mean, because you talk about some of them, some people, you know, where you talk about Flair and God knows how many of them. Cena, you, you know what I'm saying? I'm talking like you're in a marriage and you get put in a storyline, and it never doesn't play out well. Jake and Cheryl Roberts is a good example. They did the yeah. Rick, they did the Rick Rude storyline, and all of a sudden, Jake and Cheryl are no longer wanting to be together. Of course, Jake had his problems back then. We, we, we probably don't want to go that route. We're going to leave that alone. <laughs> it's another episode for another day. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. Wrestling marriages just don't tend to do well. Um, so, this is something I saw. We talked about it at the top of the show, and I wanted to get into it because I thought it was kind of humorous. So, I always joke about the All Elite Wrestling fan page on Facebook and how there's constantly WWE talk on this fan page. But this post actually made me scratch my head. Top heel in the business. And the post asked the question, all right, who do you think is the top heel, the top bad guy in the business? And then they responded by saying, it's got to be Triple H. And I thought to myself, the irony, first off, of being in an All Elite Wrestling fan group where a guy's posting about Triple H being the top bad guy in the business. But also, you know, while I... And I, and I told you earlier, as far as... I think Triple H is tremendous as a, as a performer, and I, and I am a fan. But the top bad guy in the business... That's a stretch. There's a lot, a lot of top-notch bad guys out there that know how to make the crowd just go nuts. Now, it's not to say that Triple H can't, because at Triple H's prime, he can control a crowd like nobody's business. But top in the business, like, 
Brian, is is Triple H really that high up on the chart? Uh, I mean, it, does he even have an active role right now? Uh, no, he hasn't been on television. He hasn't had a real role to play. He he's, I mean, well, I guess outside of being the figurehead of NXT and and now the uh, guy who occasionally wrestles in Saudi Arabia. Does he have an on-camera personality? Not right now. Then he can't be the top bad guy. I mean, that's pretty stupid here, fellas. <laughs> um, see, now you're going to make me call them bobbleheads because this is a bobblehead moment. Um, you have somebody that um, watches only apparently one brand of wrestling uh, or one company and while there's nothing wrong with that you shouldn't be on somebody else's fan page spouting stupid stuff right because we talked about it so he's not on tv so he can't qualify as top bad guy today Mm -hmm. right now can he come back and be top bad guy quite possibly I, i say he's been there before Mm-hmm. But let's remember when he was, he didn't have a lot of competition. I mean, realistically, who was his competition during Evolution? Ooh, uh, the only guy that was as close to where he was was maybe JBL as a bad guy. Okay, so he he beats JBL. Mm-hmm. But again, you're telling me one, he only had one, one guy that would even come, even compete with him? I mean, in a bad guy role at that time, so I'm talking 2003, 2004, that, that range. Um, gosh, uh, Jericho wasn't quite bad guy at that point. Angle, Angle was in and out, but he wasn't on screen enough to really be focused to it. You know, he had guys like John Cena and Shawn Michaels to work opposite, and Chris Benoit to work opposite of, and his Randy Orton feud. Um, and, I mean, God, who had, who didn't hate Triple H at that time where he was taking on, like, Rob Van Dam and Booker T? I mean, we all repeatedly complained about Triple H because he was just, and what we later learned was he was just that good at, at goading a reaction out of people. Um, and JBL, I think, was was towards the latter part of that, able to transition it. But, yeah, I really can't think of another bad guy from that era. And I... Because mm, nobody from TNA really stood out as the top bad guy, at least in that time. I mean, TNA's had their share of good heels, good bad guys, but... I think at that, at that age, yeah, I would tell you that he could have been that top guy, but you're right. He didn't really have a lot of competition at all. Right. So, if he doesn't have competition, we'll make him the de facto for that era. Mm-hmm. All right. So, we've ruled out he's not the top bad guy today because, by God, he's just not a bad guy. Right? And right. even if he, even if he came out he wouldn't be a bad guy. I think he right now he's uh, in that rare flair s type breed where 
if he shows up, doesn't matter if he's healed or not. He, I mean, he could literally probably beat up Santa Claus, and they're, they're going to cheer him. Yeah. I mean, so he's, he, he's been like but, that for a while, too. Yeah. So, you know, granted, is he doing heel stuff? Yes, but he's so good at being a heel that he's now a good guy. You know, de facto, much like Austin. Mm-hmm. Austin was a bad guy, right? <laughs> Pretty much from Jump Street. But it took them all of less than 24 hours, I think, for him to become their biggest face. Quasi-face, you know, the the middle guy. Yeah, um, the, uh, the anti-hero. Right. So we've got that air that, yeah, he was probably the, the main bad guy. Right? And then let's go... Today, he's not in it, so we can't count a day, so let's look at historically. I mean, does he even rank in the top ten historically? Mm. No, I, I don't see him hitting the top ten. Now, top top 20, maybe? Possibly the top maybe. 15, but... You know, you, you think of all of the, the really just evil bad guys. I mean, think about, like, The Undertaker was, I mean, he was the pinnacle of a bad guy for the longest amount of time. We know that. We know that, you know, uh, Ric Flair, of course, it goes without saying, as a bad guy, was one of the best villains, period, to ever lace him up. Uh, um, I, w- I would say Flair was... Top. And then, you know, don't forget you got guys like Piper. Yeah. Um, and some of the great ones from the 80s. Adrian Adonis was a tremendous bad guy. I wouldn't put Adrian in the top 10. Um, Andre the Giant? Mm, no, because, I mean, he was only a bad guy for a limited amount of time. Um, I mean, he was a great, uh, great opposite Hogan, but, you know, again, he was only a bad guy for maybe two years. Yeah. And he wouldn't, I don't think he'd be the, he wouldn't qualify in my mind anywhere close to being one of the greatest bad guys at that era. Um, I mean, you had Ted DiBiase, um, Terry Funk. Um, I mean, there were so many. Yeah, Flair. Um, I mean, you had so many, so many heels that clearly were bigger heels than he was um, during that time. So, but... I mean, I just don't, I wouldn't, even if you were to put him in there today mm-hmm. and and try and be like, oh, he's the greatest heel of all times. Uh, no. I mean, honestly. Uh, I, a- I would even say today, if you were to, if, if you were to come, 
if you were to put him with somebody today, mm-hmm. I think Jericho might be bigger than he is. Yeah, I, I was just about to say that. I think right now, if we're talking today, period, the top bad guy in the business, it's got to be Jericho. It's got to be. I mean, because this, I mean, this is a guy that took a back elbow smash and made it a devastating finisher. This is a guy that that demands a thank you, you know, for getting AEW on TNT. You know, I mean, only a guy like Chris Jericho can pull that off successfully and reinvent himself and change and adapt in such a way where it not only makes you want to boo him, but it also makes you want to see what he's going to do next. Because you never know. I mean, he's he's did, what does he call himself in Japan, the pain maker? Uh, maybe something like that. Yeah. It's been a while. I mean, his feud with Kenny Omega was tremendous, but it's been his his slow pacing. It's his ability to take the crowd and and make them, almost like make them turn on themselves. Like, they come off and they're like, oh, yeah, it's Jericho, and he, and he plays into it just enough to where when he turns it around, it's just like twisting the knife. It's just, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he... He wouldn't even come close to Jericho today. Yeah. Oh, I wonder how that. I wonder how that would sit with him, knowing the the history between him and Jericho. If somebody were to say, "Yeah, you, you know, you're all right, but you're no Chris Jericho." <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. So I would imagine he's got an ego. Yeah. I would imagine he knows he's one of the best of his era. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it affects you. It would affect him because, I mean, ultimately, look at where he is. Right. And I'm sure he would probably welcome that comparison and be like, thank you. And, you know, because, again, you, I mean, this isn't like we're saying Baron Corbin's better than you. This is Chris Jericho. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've broken a rule. Um, of how many times we can say that guy's name in a show. I <laughs> think we've given him more air time. <laughs> well, I, but, but you see what I'm saying? I do. I mean, this isn't like, um, you know, he, he's just some, he's being compared to some smuck. Um, Chris Jericho is a legit um Champion, and he's going to one day be ranked up there with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Hogans and the Flares and the Austins and the Rocks, and there I see Cena and the Bachwinkles and he's the Punks, and yeah, there's I mean, no doubt he will. At this level of his career, he's he's. I, I mean, doesn't matter when it took place, he's held a championship in ECW. WCW, WWE, AEW, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So if you're going off championships, there's your Hall of Fame career right there. I mean, the decades that he's lasted in. I mean, could you imagine? Would you have ever thought that Chris Jericho, back when he was a victim of the conspiracy theory back in WCW, would you have ever thought he'd be here now? Like at this level? Nope. And again, I mean, it just... That's what we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes they just they get so bent on pushing their guys 
yeah. that they lose, you know, a, a, a superstar right in front of them. I think that when it comes down to seeing these these performers that that are like once in a lifetime performers, you, you don't recognize them until you get close to a point where you may never see him perform again. Like with Mick Foley, he was many would say that he was towards the end of his career when he finally won the WWF championship. At least it appeared that way. And then the next thing you know, he's got a resurgence and he solidifies what, you know, eventually he would have gotten to the Hall of Fame, but if he doesn't have that run where he beats where he beats The Rock, you know, on Monday Night Raw, does Mick Foley get in the Hall of Fame as quickly as he did? Mm, I mean, to me, whether he gets in first ballot or, and, you know, of course, in the WWE, there's not really a first ballot, but right. If he gets, if it takes him 20 years, he's still a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think the feud with The Rock or whatever just simply helps put him there. Um, they have this weird way of picking people, so you know it, it could have taken him time to get there but that wouldn't have diminished his career any yeah I mean I think that with what we've seen and when when these folks have you know blown up when they've when they've fired up towards the top you know it it reinvigorated their careers and gave them an opportunity but it also it almost like it, it reminds people of just what they're capable of which is something that you know, you see some of it. You see some of it nowadays, but I think you, get, you had a chance more back when there wasn't social media and you didn't have the access to some of the information we have now where those moments just stood out and they, they were bigger. I feel like nowadays, even when it's a guy like... Like when Ricochet won the U.S. title, you know, back in the day, if this happened during the Attitude Era, and, and you know, we could have those debates all day long, but back back then if that had happened it would have been a much larger event than it was when it happened mm, I don't think so no um, no I mean so back then you were watching it and you probably you might very well have watched him win mm-hmm. well what's no difference in the day did you watch him win yeah did, did okay so social media plays no part in it and the only time social media would come into play would be like a house show and even back then there were ways to find out certain things that happened at a house show that's true um i mean social media plays a part in today's world but um i don't think as far as like uh the impact a show would have on you, mm-hmm. you know, be it a title change or whatever, um, is going to come into play. Unless, again, you find out that's how you find out somebody gets hurt at a house show or something, you know, something at a house show happens. Uh, look, there's some fighting up the stairs. Um, so, 
I just don't think it comes into play but so much. I don't think it diminishes. Well, I mean, I don't think it diminishes the impact of what you see, especially if you're watching it. Yeah. I guess that would be what I'm trying to say. I feel like there's there's a an argument for both sides of it. I, I can understand why. I mean, you're watching it either way, so that makes sense. And the, the impact shouldn't be lost on you for that. But at the same point, it could just be more of an all-around awareness, not just social media, but overall just the exposure is, is bigger now. So maybe it maybe it's just because of the fact that, from my perspective, I've just you've seen so much of these types of moments that they almost... Is it safe to say you're almost desensitized to it? To the magnitude of it? Mm, I mean, the only way you're going to get desensitized is if you know it's happening. Well, then, then I guess that wouldn't be the right word because I definitely didn't know he was going to do it when he did. So, that that I'll just take that one on the chin there. I I don't know that there's a better way to word it, and I don't want to. Uh, well, I mean, I I don't think you become desensitized. I just don't think that um, today's product is written like it used to be. Yeah. I mean, it used to be written by people that knew. Uh, you know, ring psychology and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it was booked by people that knew this. It was written by people that knew this. You know, they would know, um, you know, certain things that today's writers just apparently don't know. And I think that's why. Um, you, you you feel desensitized is that it's not you know it's not written the same way mm-hmm. as when you were young because back then I mean you would literally I mean they would pull a surprise out of out of thin air and I mean literally you would go crazy yeah because you you didn't see it coming Right, you literally didn't see it coming. You know, the dusty finish. Ah, oh, you never saw a dusty finish coming. No, you definitely didn't. Well, it was. I mean, it was done so many times. It's now a popular phrase. You know, so. But nowadays, it's it's not that you're desensitized. It's that you can see it coming from yeah. a mile away. So it doesn't, I don't think, I. you know, I can't remember the last time I I had uh, my heartstrings tugged on or I was literally blindsided by something. And I don't think, you know, again, it's not that I'm desensitized. It's just that I think even the common fan can see it coming nowadays if you sit down and look at it. Do you feel like, you know, the overall surprise factor just throughout wrestling has, has kind of gotten diminished or is it just more with what's on TV? Uh, well, I mean, I don't watch Impact. I don't really watch New Japan anymore because I don't have the the program. So a lot of it is just simply, you know, what what I'm able to watch now, which yeah. is the WWE and uh, some ROH from time to time. So I... You know, again, I, it's it's not written the same way as it used to be. Yeah. And 
again, I mean, literally, they telegraphed uh, Rowan getting a new partner. Right? He yep. come out and said it. Okay. Well, hmm. So, you tell me you're getting a new partner, and Daniel Bryan smacked you in the face, so it would make no sense to take him. Mm-hmm. Well, who else are you going to take? Oh, let's let's go get Luke Harper. <laughs> he hasn't done anything in a while. Let's bring him out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's, so, where that, that's where that detriment for having such a huge roster is, because you got so many guys that sit on the sideline until you're finally like, you know, it's like, a, it's like a toy that you haven't played with in six months. Oh, yeah, I forgot I had this guy. Yeah. But, you know, again, though, who, who couldn't see that happening? You know, you should have expected that the only way he beats Roman is some type of interference. Um, you know, honestly, I don't think he beats him cleanly. I don't think anybody's going to write that one. Yeah. Um, so, but again, if, if who else would you put with him? Oh, I know. Luke Harper. <laughs> So, you know, we, we are coming up on on the draft for WWE. They're going to be doing the draft to split out SmackDown and Raw. We're going to finally see the wild card rule is going to go away. And in the midst of all of this, you've got all of the wrestling's debut on, on TNT. You've got that happening, and it's happening in such a way now where, you know, the shots that are now being fired is you can clearly see – and I don't care what either side says anymore. You can clearly see that the battle lines are drawn. And it doesn't get any clearer than October 1st where, you know, AEW is going to do a preview show for their debut on TNT. This just came out, uh, matter of fact, just a couple of days ago. Um, so they're going to do a preview show. It's probably going to only be an hour long. And it's going to debut on TNT just to kind of give fans a sample of what they can expect. So... That gets announced. What do we find out on October 1st is going to happen next? Yeah, WWE is going to do some kind of a a preview show of NXT and what they can expect going forward. Or, or, you know, it's amazing to me how quickly the responses are happening. But, you know, if if you're the guys up north, is this kind of a... I don't want to say is, – is it a hasty decision that's made here? Oh, well, they're doing it on the first. got to do it. What do you – I mean, literally, so let's suspend the fact that you were pretty much a bobblehead for a long time. Mm-hmm. And you're new at this, mm-hmm. right? So I'm not going to say they're running scared, the WWE – but this goes to prove my point, right? They are scared a little bit. And they're not going to, you know, they're not going to give AEW a chance to come out the gate right. swinging. Um, they're going to uh, fight. But you fight because uh, they do worry you some. I'm not going to say scared, but they do worry you some because a, you haven't really ever put your NXT 
into the spot they should be. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's on Vince. Right? They should have been on a much higher pedestal. People that came from the NXT roster should have been on a much higher pedestal. And they never really did it. Well, now, they, now they're forced to. They don't really have the greatest faith in them. So let's try and let's try and beat AEW, right? And by God, let's let's do to them what they're doing to us. They're not going to come out on Tuesday and just put on a a free show for the whole world to see. We're going to try and split them <laughs> and see what happens. Right. And I mean, again, I. In some ways, is it smart? Sure, because you don't want your competition to be out there all by themselves. Right. However, the bad part is, if you go out there on this and you get smoked, get beat, well, it's not going to be a good way to go into this. Yeah, I So, I don't know what would have been smarter, not doing it, or doing it trying to compete. Well, I mean, I'm I'm in the camp where, like Bully Ray described on Busted Open, I agree that it's smart to not let them go unopposed on Wednesdays. I agree with that. Does it necessarily mean that it one's going to improve the other? I don't know yet. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, but I'm I'm talking not Wednesday. I'm talking the right. yeah. So. With with that though, I, I agree to in in part at least on the Wednesdays. But now when you look at Tuesdays, I I'm, and you just said it. I am, uh, I've been a lifelong WWE fan. I have been. I, I don't have any trouble admitting that. But at the same time, I mean, only a fool would look at it and not see it for what it really is. And that's just somebody. It's like you're stabbing blindly in the dark. You're just you're making a decision to make a decision. That doesn't mean it's a good one. Now it doesn't also mean that they're going to lose or win. I, I, it's way too early for me to predict that. But at the same time, you have a great point. If you do your preview show and all elite does theirs and all elite, because it's all elite smokes yours, you're not getting a good look. That's not going to go the way you want it to go because all elite wrestling has everything to prove and nothing to lose. Nothing to lose, and that makes them really dangerous because they've got money. You already know they've got the backing they need. They've got intelligent people writing television, and oh yeah, they've also got some of the best professional wrestlers in the world. Period. You got some of the best tag teams. You some of the best singles wrestlers. And if there's a question about that, go back and watch Kenny Omega and Pac, and tell me that those aren't two of the best performers in the world. You can't. You just can't. I mean. I love I I love WWE. I'll always have a, a degree of loyalty to them, but at the same time, you have to recognize the marketplace for what it is, and that's it's gonna get competitive. And I I have to agree. I feel like the Tuesday decision is just a hasty one. And while I would agree they're not necessarily running scared, it is a shot in the dark. It's like they're backpedaling. Yeah. Um. I mean, literally, if and you know it'll happen if there comes a time and it'll start on that Tuesday mm-hmm. that NXT cannot 
pull its weight against AEW, you know Vince gets involved. There's no doubt. Yeah. And once Vince gets involved, you can wrap it up. The uh, AEW is going to prevail. And it's, I mean, he is, in my opinion, he's quite out of touch right now. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of this. Until we get a month or two in with the, you know, with with the, I guess the Wednesday Night War, we'll see if it's really even a war. Because right now it's going to be, hopefully, two good shows running where we can say, man, AEW was great, this match was good, this match was good, this match was good, and then NXT, wow, you know, we had this match and this match. Because we really don't know what to expect from a two-hour NXT show. We do know that it's September 18th when NXT debuts on USA, the first hour's on USA, and the second hour is going to be on the WWE Network. That'll be an interesting dichotomy. The following week is the same way, and then on October 2nd, Strangely enough, on October 2nd, it becomes a question of who's better, at least in the moment. And that's going to be that moment where, honestly, I feel like Cody is going to be looking at looking at his people in the back saying, guess what, we just made history and we're about to you know, poop on the front porch of the WWE. Because they can. Like, they're in that position. You don't get many opportunities to do that. Yeah, but... Um, I literally, I mean, the first show six months is just, it's way too early. Yeah. You have to, I mean, this is something you have to look at, um, you know, five years down the road, um, and see what happens. Um, because, you know, much like Impact, if AEW finds a way to stick around, mm-hmm. um, you know, for five years again, does that mean they're not successful? Well, and that's the no. thing. No. No, yeah, exactly. I would agree because all they have to do is survive. They don't have to go out there and win a quote-unquote ratings war. I don't think it's going to be like that. I think we're past the point of any true ratings war. I think it's more of a question of, okay, what happens next? You know, I, I think that's what it's going to be. It's almost like a game atop that. Uh, I don't think it's like a game atop that. I think it is a ratings war. Uh, AEW's already come out and said it. Um, uh, the WWE has come out and said it because all the moves they're doing it's clearly a war but um oh my god it's so stupid um anyway it's clearly a war yeah but this isn't I don't think anybody's expecting the knockout to come the first night I I hope not I hope that I hope that fans that are watching this is 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 watching it for the long game because it's going to take some time to see either side either side change gears either side make a change because I mean all elite wrestling to be successful I, I agree with you they have to survive 
They've got to make money. They've got to draw fans rep- repetitively. They've proven they can sell tickets, but they've got to keep doing that, and that takes consistency, and it's going to take more than just two months to really develop any kind of consistency. At the same point, if WWE is going to make any change, if NXT is going to make any change and make their portion of the marketplace any better, it's going to take longer than two months. So yeah, I totally agree. It's going to be it's going to be more than more than six months before we finally see some kind of a a measurement that's reliable. Yeah, but uh, NXT has is already established. True. Right. So we can't give them a two month pass. Right. If they go out there and screw it up and stink up the joint, well, guess what? They just stunk up the joint. They they have been around for a while. I mean, we've even crowned them as the best uh, that the WWE has right now. Yeah. So they don't get a free pass. They don't get a two-month, oh, you know, they're just getting their legs um, under them. Mm-hmm. No, they don't get that. They have to go out there and perform right from Jump Street. How long do you think USA gives them if they don't perform in the ratings? Well, I mean, what are you gonna what are you gonna put in their place? Uh, reruns of Suits. <laughs> I mean, they've got plenty of of content. If they wanted to, they could they could put on whatever they want. Hell, they could show reruns of the uh, the Chrisleys and uh, Miss Miss and Mrs. Wow, that's really kind of sad that they could do that. But they really could. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, but, you know, honestly, I'm sure Vince isn't going to let them do that. Well, I mean, I would hope not. This The amount of money that's being put into them has been pretty extreme, and I would hope USA has more of a, more of a vested interest than just, okay, well, show us what you got. You know, I, I hope that they've got some kind of a, a plan. I, I would assume they would. I'm not going to try to speak yeah. for them, but I would assume they do. Yeah, but we're we're not talking um I mean, USA is going to expect them to come out there and um do their thing. Mm-hmm. Um so they have to come out there and and do their thing. They have to come out there and be NXT. Um, do I think if they don't perform or is there going to be USA changes, you know, changes USA once the USA network once mm-hmm. probably just like much like Fox. If something happens in SmackDown and it doesn't start performing after a certain period of time, are we going to have another draft? Oh yeah. There's no doubt about it. You know, that's how it's going to be. Um, but again, I, you cannot just give NXT a pass. This is, this is, you're going to find out they, they are in a bad spot because the WWE and all the fans and everything they got going for them right now, they have to perform. You know, mm-hmm. they they 
more than Raw or SmackDown now have the weight of the WWE on their shoulders. Because they're the ones that are getting direct competition. Well, I guess it depends on what they ultimately do with Impact, but uh, wouldn't that be something? They put Impact head-to-head with something now. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, Fridays, if Impact airs on Fridays with uh, Axis TV's wrestling, you know, package, you mm-hmm. could you could feasibly have SmackDown versus Impact. Holy wow. crap. <laughs> we never thought we'd see a rebirth of that, huh? <laughs> I don't know if I'd want SmackDown. I don't, I don't know if I'd want the misfortune of SmackDown. <laughs> Because uh, I think, honestly, SmackDown is going to get the benefit of Fox. You know, Fox is going to dump money into it at first. Yeah. You know, because Fox is going to want it to perform like the NFL and baseball and all that other stuff. So they're going to they're going to make sure it works. But again, you're t- you got them competing against somebody that shouldn't even be there. Yeah. And God, I, you know, who knows? Maybe old Mark is gonna pull the whole uh, Ted Turner thing. Oh, well, no. Vince, <laughs> I'm in the wrestling business. <laughs> you know what? I would I would really enjoy that. <laughs> it would be, you know, you thought AEW was going to be, <laughs> you know, a thorn in your side, and only to have it be like, it'd be almost like if ECW had just miraculously <laughs> turned the corner. <laughs> wow. That's crazy, man. We re- we really are in a position where we may actually, we could possibly see that. I never yeah. even thought of that. No, nobody has. Because well, all anybody's talking about is AEW. Yep. Well, now Impact has got got uh, new life on a new uh, show and or new channel, and you know now they now they got the money behind them. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, it's hard to say what's going to happen now. But again, it, it, I if me, I I say I want Monday night. Because I think Monday, the Raw is probably going to be your weakest roster. And I want Monday night. I want to compete against Raw. I mean, if if that's what it takes, I mean, that could be... Huh, man. What a cool time to be a fan. I mean, you know, during the Attitude Era, you had those moments, but you didn't know you were having those moments until it was almost done. That you were seeing something truly historic. Now it's like, you're like at the precipice of it. You're like right at the beginning. How cool is that? How many times do you figure you'd get to see that in your own lifetime? Well, I I mean, I don't know. Uh, I never really thought about it. But, I mean, it's going to be... At, you know, to me, it's going to be cool for AEW mm-hmm. to get NXT and, you know, it's the best versus the best. Yeah. Um, but again, now 
in, in the swipe of a pen, the WWE really is going to have problems, or, or quite possibly could have problems if Impact gets their gets their stuff straight. Because the Impact does have a decent roster. They don't have a bad roster. And they don't, they're not, I mean, it's not like their product, the the storylines and stuff are bad. I mean, they have other issues that hold them back. So now we'll get to see. And again, hopefully, hopefully old Mark says, hey, Vince, <laughs> remember me, remember me, big guy? You know, it's, it's one of those cool points where we, we sit in a position where we could feasibly see a big three again. And yeah, we gave impact for years. We were like, y'all are done. You're done. Period. It's over. Kiss it goodbye. And then finally you get these moments like where, you know, AJ Styles and Rob Van Dam were having tremendous main event matches. And I mean, you had these moments there where it seemed like Impact could really do something. And then they had Aces and Eights, which was a hell of a storyline. But as things went up, they went down, you know, they, they had possibilities and they had options. And then, you know, they just seemed like they were out of, out of touch. And then they had problems with payroll and they had all these things. How, you know, interesting and poetic would it be to see them come back from all of that? Even the stuff we talked about earlier with, with Killer Cross, to see them come back from that and truly make a major statement by competing, not necessarily winning because they don't really have to, but competing with SmackDown and then seeing AEW compete with NXT. Raw, I mean, I, I don't, I would never say that Raw would completely go away, but I suppose it's always a possibility. Hmm. You know what's funny? What's really funny is there was a time where I was up on my soapbox touting all this conspiracy theory and everybody telling me, nope, it'll never happen. And now, more than ever, I think Vince might be losing sleep. I, I think you're right. Because... Because, again, so here's the other thing that Vince has to compete with, mm-hmm. right? So we already know what he did with AEW and the contracts. Gave him more money. The no all this other pool. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Right. So now you're not – you just can't dump them without paying them, mm-hmm. Right. So this 100-man roster is pretty much stuck, right? And you don't really have the room for a lot of these guys on the indies that are making big, big, you know, big waves. Mm -hmm. So where do you think they're going to start going? Now you don't just have one other place you can go. Yeah. Now you have two. Isn't that, isn't that just crazy? If you're Vince, doesn't that make you just be like, oh, wow, I probably should have knocked them out a long time ago. You know? Yeah. I probably should have offered them more to buy the company. Should have stayed in it a little bit longer. 
Um, so it's crazy. But I, again, this is the crazy world of pro wrestling. You know? Now it's a three man race. Yeah, it's it's now a time where we can really look at it from a perspective of wow, what's going to happen next? Like it's actually at a point where we can actually see it for the possibilities and not seem. I, I would say that we we're finally in a position where we just don't come off as jaded. We can actually look at it and kind of be like, wow, this could really happen. This is really cool. Uh. Yeah. Again, it's it's in one fell swoop, and nobody's talking about it. See, that's the crazy thing. Nobody's talking about it yet. Mm-hmm. Nobody's brought it up that I've seen. Well, now it's a three-man competition, and then that doesn't necessarily bode too well for the WWE. Granted, they may very well survive. They may come out on top. And if they do, more power to them. They'll be better than they were today. Because they're going to have to be. Yeah. However, I think they've, they've painted themselves into a nice little corner. And they may find out what it's like to face competition. That's honestly, they haven't felt they haven't faced in almost 25 years. And that's and that's going to be what's really cool to see is what happens coming out of this. How do we you know, how do how do each how does each side respond to the shots that are going to get taken? Because, you know, there's going to be, you know, the oh, you won't see that over there and you won't see that on that station. And, you know, they're going to take those shots. And I think I mean, maybe it's not as, you know, uh, pronounced as it was with what we saw in the past, but we've got an opportunity here. And, and the cool thing is it, it, you don't know what's going to happen. And that's why it's cool. Um, we're, we're coming up on that time and we want to go ahead and, and get wrapped up. Uh, of course you can, you can catch the show on uh, C2C radio show.com uh, Spreaker.com. You can download us through iTunes and any of your favorite podcast distributors. Um, and then of course at the beyond ringside radio network, you can always catch us up on replays as well as the website, you can replay the show at your leisure. Uh, just a quick reminder, Brian's Corner, which has the most recent edition of the Pro Wrestling Crate, which has got uh, some outstanding tag teams. And Brian, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but did you know the Young Bucks sent out a spoiler for the next crate? Um, well, that normally happens about this time anyway. Pro Wrestling Crate always sends out the... Uh, oh, you talk about, like, oh, an item in it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, in it like a t-shirt? Yeah, yeah, so they, they showed a, an image of the t-shirt there. will be... You can also catch up with uh, Pro Wrestling Crate, by the way. You can follow their Twitter feed right there f- through our page. Um, we'll be putting that up. Matter of fact, I just updated that, so it should be showing up now. Um... But, yeah, so go ahead and check that out. Get a chance to see some of the goodies that uh, Brian has acquired from yet another awesome loot crate. Well, uh, so that was last month's. Mm-hmm. I should be getting this month's, uh, what's today, the uh, 17th? Today is the 16th. 16th. So in the next probably five days or so. 
maybe sooner, maybe a little bit later. I'll get the next one and I'll put it up uh, after I get it. Um, and then we'll also discuss what will be in next month's crate. Because next month's looks really good, too. Yeah, we're, there's going to be a lot to talk about. Of course, as we get closer and closer to October 2nd, don't forget the Corner to Corner crew will be there as history unfolds live in Washington, D.C. So we'll be there checking that out. Um, you can catch up with Rob on Twitter at RD... No, I'm sorry. That's his Instagram. At Rob Hefner C2C at, uh, on Twitter. Find me on the milkcarton.com. <laughs> See? You know what? He's not here for the joke, so we can put it on there. That's right. We can put him on there. <laughs> Uh, you can also uh, catch up with him on Instagram at RDHUWP. Um, you find me on Twitter at StanGrub. Oh, Christ. What's that? Um, Ouch. So, Lacey is fighting Dana. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dana took some shots at Lacey. And, uh, so, oh. but Lacey just had Dana... Uh, laying on her back with her head outside the ring. So she's on the ring, but she's laying with her head outside the ring. And then she did this uh, move off the rope, and then she drove her feet into Dana's face. And that looked like that might have hurt. <laughs> well, Lacey just delivered the, the women's And ride. there's a nice stiff clothesline. <laughs> yeah. There's... Oh, now she's doing a sharpshooter. Oh, that's for Natalia. Oh, okay. Well, Lacey uh, with a little poke of the fun of, uh, oh, on one knee. That's a little variation, a little lion tamer into a sharpshooter kind of thing. That's kind of cool. Uh, so, yeah, you can catch up with me on Twitter at Stan Grubb on Twitter, uh, Stan Grubb on Instagram, and Stan Grubb on Facebook. Brian can be found on Twitter at strcp twenty one. And that is indeed going to do it for another edition of Corner to Corner. Brian, final thought before we close it out and say goodbye. Oh, I don't have no final thought. Yeah, me neither. Just thought it would be cool to ask. All right, everybody, have a good one. We'll see you next week. Oh, my God, you're killing me, kid. (laughs) See you next week, folks. Have a great night. I think Lacey's just called to do that, right? 